Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, I must ask you, like they asked Brian Schmetcher last year after the playoff loss, how are you feeling? And is it better than Bob? Hey, I mean, anytime you can send send Seattle home packing, it's a good day. So can't go wrong. Absolutely. I man, that was so satisfying because they became, I feel like, the new boogeyman, even though before the match, um, Fox rolled out kind of like the history between the two clubs and LAFC had, I think three wins and one draw. Um, the two, one, nothing wins in, in the, in year one. And then, uh, uh, you know, the four, one beat down at, at the bank last year. And then the one, one draw, uh, where Jordan Morris scored in like the 45th second of the match. So for something that felt so, uh, like such a big mountain and a big hurdle for LAFC to get over. I was kind of surprised to go back and be like, wait a second, we've always played well against them. It's just in that one match. So, yeah, I mean, you have to think like the, the first Seattle game, um, or no, wait, was it the first or the second one? Cause it, we played back to back weekends and I couldn't, re- I think, I believe it was the first one. The first one was at- the one at the bank where they won four to one. Yeah. So that, that game, I remember being there. It was the was basically the coming out party for Mac and 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 Latif, right? Because and, yeah. again, Seattle being one of the few teams that is actually willing to try and play the ball through the middle of the park, the counter press is you know very effective against them. And again, and and you could tell in this match throughout, it just was just as suffocating. And obviously, Ladero is so qual you know ha- is that good that occasionally he's going to be able to make plays, but. Again, you could see, you know, you can see why why Mac and Latif are so important, especially in those types of games. Um, again, this is these are the ones where, you know, and I think Vince mentioned it in our last episode, talking about like, you know, while while Janela may be smoother from an offensive passing perspective, right? It's the it's really the the counter press is is where he's still a bit lacking. And I think, you know, when you see the way that Latif and and Mac are able to do it when they're turned on again. And it's not necessarily just running at the first person. It's that first guy, whether it's Latif or Mac basically directs them to a, is basically running that guy towards a trap where now they, you know, they have two or three guys waiting. And so again, you saw that regularly tonight. You saw them basically just put it on, you know, there was a thing in beauty. Again, if you look back to that match last year, it's really where you saw them, you know, where you saw them turn it on Mac from an offensive perspective, kind of showing off his new passing range. But in general, those two guys really just, you know, again, taking it to the Seattle midfield and giving them no room to breathe most of the night. Yeah. I mean, the counter press was fantastic, extremely effective. I thought, especially when we were counter pressing in their defensive third, they had no answers. Um, and you see guys that just, playing balls out. Stefan Fry almost puts one in the back of his own net uh, because he takes a, a loose touch as somebody comes in to, to press him. Um, just really smothering press in the beginning. And then, you know, towards, I, I, I kind of felt like the middle of the second half, we kind of dropped off a little bit and Seattle was able to, to find their feet. And, you know, eventually they do get the one goal. Um, and luckily we were able to put a few more in for insurance purposes, but um, really a, just a great performance from everybody tonight. Um, I know there's a lot of questions here, Josh. So I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, we have always said that these instant reactions are supposed to be like the, uh, the 
emotional response so we can get everything out of the way and get straight into the tactics on our on our in-depth review anything else you want to you want to highlight here um i guess for me i was really thrilled to see brian rodriguez get on the end of another goal um where he basically picks a center back's pocket puts a great move on him kind of like chops back in a position and then and then beats the keeper uh just a it's great to see him get that one. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the few times that he's he seems he seemingly feels relaxed in 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 his goal scoring opportunities, right? Whereas previous to that, he, you see almost felt like he was almost just forcing things and really just pressing to get to get that the, that first one, you know. But now two in, three assists, you know, he's starting to heat up a little bit, you know. And if you, if Diego Rossi and and BWP continue. You know their their play. I think we're going to be just fine with him being more of a creator than a scorer, anyways. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then as for my emotional reaction, I will say one of our best defenders tonight was Raúl Ruiz, who seemingly <laughs> just was in the way of every single shot. You know that. Yeah. You know. You know who knows what if it. You know with the traffic in front of Ramirez, and you know, obviously, you know a powerful shot on on frame is going to give you is always going to give you some you know some room for concern. But, you know, Rui Diaz just seemed to be there every single time. The ball just deflecting off him at the right time. I'm fairly certain he was offside on, I don't remember whose shot it was, but I mean, an absolute rocket came through, headed towards the back of the net, and it hits him like square in the shins as his back is to goal. And I'm almost positive he was offside there. Um, Either way, you know, the ball ends up being cleared, so it's not that big of a deal. But uh, I do agree there. Diego Rossi gets gets two goals. Uh, Latif Blessing gets uh, get some help from uh who who was that center back again on Seattle? Ariaga. Not Ariaga, but the other one. I don't remember oh. his name. The white guy. Um Yeah. He sticks out an elbow essentially and he goes off the top of his arm into the back of the net. Um I mean so. like they I mean last year I think who was who their starting center it was like at one point it was Kim Kihi and Roman Torres which again was not the greatest pairing together. And I think by the by the final was Ariaga and Kim Kihi, but man, this Shane O'Neill—that's who their center back was tonight. Who yeah, that's got right. That yeah. own goal or not own goal, but man, they this was this was not what you call a clinic in how to play defense by by Seattle. So no, you know, again, they made their share of mistakes. You know, like we almost made a couple of them ourselves, but you know, fortunately, the ball ball just happened to bounce the right way. Um, you know, and then I think the other thing to point out was, you know, everything that we talked about with Vince um, in that in our last pod. Make sure you guys go check it out. It's awesome content from him. Um, yeah. Really, like you just started to see all those things kind of pop out, um, you know, with Blackman with his his bicycle clearance and, you know, probably unneeded, but did it anyways um, at that point in the game. But really just a guy, you know, j- you can see what – what they're talking about in terms of what they're looking for. And again, is that, is that a high ask to, for him to be a Sergio Ramos type? Absolutely. But even if he falls halfway there, he's probably the best defender in major league soccer. So. Right. Right. I mean, good game from him. Good from Yakovic. Good from Segura. I think Palacios had a fantastic game. Um, mm-hmm. Midfield looked really effective, uh, especially in the, but it was balanced. Yeah, yeah, right. I you saw like when Palacios covering and mm-hmm. when yeah. Palacios pushes forward, you kind of have Blackman just kind of form a back three with Segura, Dehan, and and uh, 
but yeah, with the Segura and Dehan, and then it gives you a little bit more stability going forward. So in possession, it was more of a three four three than the normal like two five, whatever it is, yeah. right? two five three or something along that line where they're just pushing everyone forward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, the balance looked better. Atuesta just absolutely clean on the ball all night long. Like again, there they couldn't really do anything to touch him with their counter press tonight or their press. Um, you know, usually, you know, whether it was Rui Diaz last year or um, Rodon coming down, you know, these those guys were seeming the ones who were tasked with giving Atuesta problems, but he was able to do whatever he wanted this evening. Yeah, the other thing that I really liked, especially at the beginning and then towards the end, I felt like we got back into it a little bit, is a little bit more methodical possession and build up as opposed to just this frenetic, um, like as soon as we get the ball c- cleared from uh, from our own defensive third, we're going to try and play an outlet ball to a streaking forward. Um, I felt like when Seattle looked their best and when they scored their goal, there was probably a 10 to 15 minute stretch there where we were playing balls directly into the feet of the forward as soon as a midfielder would get on the ball after a defensive spell. And a lot of those balls were being intercepted and played right back at us um, in in a counterattack. And this is like Klopp's philosophy, right, with the, with the Gagan press, is a team is most vulnerable after they try and spring a counterattack. So the idea is to steal the ball as as quickly as you can right after you lose it, right? Because they try and transition and then you transition them right back. Um, and I felt like that was more effective for Seattle. I, I can't remember exactly like 60, the 60th minute to like the 75th minute or so. Um, and that's when they get their goal. And then we kind of settle, settle things down a little bit more and uh, end up getting two more goals. One thing that I really liked from Brian Rodriguez specifically today too was um I didn't feel like he felt the need to go at every single defender that he faced up against. Instead, he's willing to pull the ball back, turn around, and play it in recycled possession. And I felt like that helped us to, to build more methodically, like I said, and just to keep more of the ball and kind of take away uh, some of the opportunity for Seattle to to counterattack, make them come out of their defensive block, and uh, disorganize them a little more. So, yeah, anything I mean, else, we Josh? We had talked about that previously to the, you know, in we were texting about it previous to the match where, you know, we were talking about like, you know, the, the start we kind of want is the Galaxy playoff game type of start from the team in terms of let, you know, draw them out a little bit, like make them press you a little bit, open you know, expand the field. Because a lot of times what we end up doing is like we want to be on the front foot so much that we can press the field to like, you know, everything in, in the everything occurs in the, you know, either our defensive third or their offensive third, the middle of the field is basically wiped out with these crazy passes. And right. so this time, like I said, you see, you saw that more, you know, it would work out the right side, then it would swing back to the middle of the field and then back up to the left and swing back, you know, and then you're saying just recycling it through Atuesta and letting him kind of just dictate the, the direction. But, what that started to do is now Seattle's, you know, getting a little bit antsy. They start moving out a little bit. Now you get them moving left to right. And then they were at that point, you you actually see Mac and, and, and Latif being able to hit some of these, you know, nice entry passes um, to, to the, now the forwards cutting in, right. It's, it's, it's that man city style more 
more than like the Liverpool buildup, which is outside in with the crosses from the fullbacks and some of that, where now yeah. you see Latif and, and Mac into the half space and then trying to drop passes, you know, for a guy cutting, making that diagonal run. So again, again, you see that mix of things like, right. Like Vince was saying, it's like, it's a mix of, of Liverpool and Man City trying to do be a little bit of both and, you know, trying to create your own thing. And, you know, tonight it came off. Yeah, the last thing I'll say on that before we get into questions, and I think we have a question specifically about this, so I won't go too deep on it now. But one of the things that can make the counterpress even more effective is what you said about about making the playing field smaller. So if you deliberately build the ball up and back them down into their defensive block and bring your center backs up to, you know, the the halfway line essentially, then you've cut the field all the way in half. So when you lose possession in front of the box, in front of their box, for example, it's much easier for your midfielders to go and counter press that ball as opposed to if you try and play a 40-yard ball into the feet of your forward and then try and counter press that ball, now your midfielder's making you know a 30 to 40-yard run and you're not going to get there in time. Whereas here, they're only moving 5 to 10 yards and they're able to close down that space more quickly and pick the ball up off of that uh, that defender or who would be, you know, the, the opposing player, whoever it is that, uh, that picks up the ball from us. So that's one of the things that I think made the counter press more effective is they did make the field smaller as a result of more deliberate, uh, buildup there. All right. We do have a lot of questions here, Josh. So we're going to get going here. Uh, the first one is from slick Vic at slick Vic 13. Will Rosie be with us next season? Uh, no, the answer is no. I don't even know if he's going to be here at the end of the season. I mean, I guess with all the uh, travel bans and everything from the U.S. because of coronavirus, we might be able to keep him till the winter tra- to the winter transfer window. But I, uh, I can almost guarantee you he's gone. Josh, anything yeah. else on this? I'm not even sure he makes it to the end of the tournament. To be fair, yeah, right. Yeah. Like what he's it, on seven like he, goals now, right? Yeah, because here's the thing. If you are one of these Italian teams, then that's the the biggest likelihood of where he goes because of his passport. Um, every goal he scores is an extra $5 billion you're going to have to pay the LAFC <laughs> to bring him out. So you might as well get the the job done yeah. now. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, we hate to see him go. But at this, but again, that's 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 the business. That's what, you know, the team has set, the, set itself up, you know, to deal with and to and to work with going forward you know and again when you have to remember we saw carlos fella sitting at home um yeah. for the rest you know waiting waiting like right licking his shop seeing these goals being scored and like man what he could be doing with this team right now so right right um i mean at the pace he's going what are we we're four games into the tournament and we had played two before i don't think he had a goal in either of those games uh, i think the last goal he had was against leon so he's got seven goals across MLS play right now. Um, and we're going to play, what, 16, 18 games for a regular season? Um, yeah. So like even 18. if he doesn't, I mean, at that pace, what is that? That's uh, roughly 18 goals or so, right? Mm-hmm. He's got six through, six through, or seven through six games. So, um I don't know. I guess it's completely different. I'm trying to do math and I'm a Marine and I only eat crayons. I don't do math. So he's, he's on pace for a lot of goals. Everybody this is what I'm trying to say here. Um, 
he's 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 gonna be gone and good for him this is and to be honest good for lafc because this is what we want right we want to be able to go and tell young south american superstars hey if you come here we're gonna give you a platform you're gonna you're gonna play in meaningful matches all the time and then you are going to make it big in europe because we've got a proven pathway um all right next one jeffrey bamaka at jeff bamaka the game ended with LAFC having 40% total possession. Do you guys think that was a part of the game plan to force Seattle to play possession, which is not in Seattle's strong suit per se? It uh, it was reminiscent of the first leg of Barca versus Liverpool and the champions last year. He's speaking directly to you, Josh. Oh, Barca yeah. ended with less possession and were comfortable pressing Liverpool and letting them possess the ball. Seattle's time of possession led to a lot of turnovers. What do you got there? Yeah, I mean, I think... It- there's a time and a place where you know, where you you know sort of there's certain teams where you want to possess the ball the whole time, and there's certain teams where you need to you know, give that up a little bit, and then just hit them hit them on the break right. And again, given you know like he noted that Seattle's not that great in possession, they are probably the next best possession based team in the league outside of maybe like Columbus now, but previously Seattle was probably the best outside of LAFC. I'm, I would assume. Um, because no one else plays possession in football, right? In the right. whole league. It's about, you know, again, we've, we talked about it before. It's like 90% of the league just wants to sit back and park the bus and then counter. So, um, yeah. So with that in mind, you know, like I said, it, when you see the way that Seattle played, you had to throw them a new wrinkle. And again, this was similar to what we did against the Galaxy in the playoffs. Give them a little bit more possession, you know, than they're probably expecting. Now they just have to do more with it, and again they weren't able to, right? I mean, though they had their set of their their share of chances because they do have quality in guys like Nico Ladero and Jordan Morris, who's you know probably play, you know out. He's probably one of the top fours in the league, you know, through this tournament thus far. Um, you know, so again, it's it it played into our hands for this match, but again, this is something that you can't. It's, it, there's, a, there's a time to bring it out. There's a time not to again against a team like a Seattle. That's probably not expect that wasn't expecting us to do that. Um, you know, again, it's a good little, it's a good little adjustment. And then in the second half, right, you saw them LAC kind of pour it on in the beginning of the, of the second, the way that we normally would, and then tire out because it's a million, probably 96% humidity there. And then be able to kind of recover, towards the end when they started bringing in their subs a little bit, then you saw them finish it off cleanly. So yeah. 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 Hopefully that answered the question. I think we got it there. All right. Next one, Sam Lehman at slam Sam as a lawyer. What made our counter press so effective this match? I chalk it. Uh, I chalk at least some of it up to Seattle sloppiness, but it was doing damage long before legs got tired on the Sounders back line. Um, for me, I kind of already addressed this, but uh, we can get into it a little deeper here. I truly believe that it's LAFC playing better possession when they actually had the ball. Deliberately working the ball up the field, especially in the beginning, and making them come out of their shape a little bit to chase these balls. And again, the idea is to turn them over right after they turn you over, right? So um, once again, if if you're only playing in their half, then now there's tw- you know 21 21 bodies in that half. And so everything's more congested. Everybody's closer to each other. It's easier to counter press that ball. Um, this is how I teach like my, my youth teams 
about the counter press is basically like, look, you want like the main goal is to keep the ball in their half for as long as possible. And you can use the center backs as bumpers to do that. Um, but the tighter we make the game and the better that we are with our passing to get through all these little spaces, uh, the more effective we're going to be. That's kind of how I explain it to them. And then we can progress to, you know, as soon as the ball turns over, you got to close the guy down. Whoever's close, it doesn't matter. So if you have Diego Palacios high up the left wing and their right back uh, picks up the ball, it's got to be Diego Palacios that, that closes that ball because he's the closest, right? Um, and again, if he's already in the opposition half as opposed to right outside our own penalty area, then it's a much easier thing to do. Josh, you see anything else that that made us more effective? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the, really the biggest thing is, is shrinking the field, right, with the possession. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we there's times when we just basically try and encounter press over the entire field, and it looks frantic, and we're always chasing people because, again, the maybe there was a time there was a time where that was that would be effective because the play from the midfield and from some of these defenders was just not very good. But again, Major League Soccer keeps adding talent, keeps adding better players. So you're going to see their you know, team's ability to be cleaner on the ball improve with time, right? But now, like you said, if you if you could methodically build it up and then after you take your chances, if you if you do turn it over, now counterattack there, then that is the best place to do it because, again, you're limiting their opportunities on the run versus... Again, if you're doing it with three fourths of the field or the whole field, now there's just so much more space for their for their um, you know their 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 counter their counterattack to run into. So again, with this with the way that they were playing, again, it just really compacted the field, makes it easier so that now when they're making those runs to start that press, it's leading them, it's leading Seattle into traps as opposed to leading them into open space in the middle of the field and you know, praying that that Tuesta gets there to be the next guy there. So I think it's a little bit more, again, doing it over the whole field is basically like watching like little kids play soccer and they're all just chasing after the ball, right? That's a counter press over the whole field. Doing it in your in the opposing teams, <laughs> right? Doing it in the opposing teams half is practice, right? Because that's what you do, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's attack the ball and practice in a small space in half the field. Right. All right, next one here. LAFC Coachella Valley supporter. Why was Elmo subbed off? Was Blessing shot going in? How much do you all think LAFC is going to sell Rossi and Brian for? And is Atuesta going to Ajax? Um, first one here, why was Elmo subbed off? I thought it was interesting that he was subbed in and then basically played on the right wing. I guess they're trying to you know, make sure that we have an inverted winger. Um, as we said, it was definitely something that the, the forwards were definitely tucked inside more today. So that could have been the idea, um, but he did not look comfortable there. He looked extremely left-footed, and what I mean by that is he's always going to cut back on his left instead of potentially drive to the line and send it across with his right. And so, like when Vela plays there, um, there's always the possibility that he can do that. Right? He's not so left-footed that all he can do is cut back on his left. And then what really did it for me was when Jovan Jones came in and just started ripping us to shreds on our on our, on the right side of our field where uh he's he's the one that sends in the service for that goal and Tristan Blackman is trying to jockey him trying not to get drawn out of, drawn off the back line too much 
um, as they're on the counter and there's no midfield help. And El Munir is just seen kind of like trotting behind him. Um, so I think, I think that's what it is. You know, he comes in, he's not comfortable. So he's forcing a lot of his passes, uh, just and getting torched by Jovan Jones. Um, anything else on Elmo before we move on in this question, Josh? Yeah. I mean, there's the part of the reason why he had, had never really broken in as a, into the lineup as a, um, as a fullback for the system is again, his def- lack of defensive ability. You know, again, he's a guy who can put a good cross in from that left side of the midfield. You know, he'll, he can, you know, we've seen him score goals, do all those different things, but in terms of defending, and then once Joven Joden started cooking again, you had to make, do something to now just kind of put that game away. So again, I think that's pretty much it is again, defense wasn't there, wasn't giving you much on offense. So you go a different direction. Yeah. You, get, you know, at minimum, you get fresh legs out there. Right. Uh, next one here was blessing shot going in. Uh, it was uh, headed towards the back post, and I'm not sure it would have curled in or not. Um, I, I'd, I, I probably lean towards no, but um, wouldn't necessarily surprise me if it, if it had curled around and, and just tucked inside the back post. What do you think, Josh? Like when you watch and replay, there's not much curve on that thing. So uh, I don't know. I doubt it. All right. And then uh, how much is LFC going to say, Rosie? I think both you and I are on the on the record are saying 20 to 25. Vince uh, yesterday on the show said 18. Have you changed your tune? I haven't changed mine. I mean, if you keep scoring more goals, I told you it's 5 billion yeah. per goal. So <laughs> it, if, if our floor is 20, right? Again, there's still a lot of there's. He's got seven goals, so you know Diego the sky's the limit. for 180 million euros. Th- right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then uh, we'll, and we'll Raito, back, like, go ahead. No, no, go. I was gonna say we can take back like Bernadeschi or some of that in, yeah. in a swap. <laughs> right, uh, Raito. I I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a little while before we sell him on. Uh, I I do think Raito's foundation, like his foundational skill, is. Quite, quite possibly even further along than what Rossi was when we got him. Um, but he's just not, you know, he's not the goal scorer, so he's probably not going to go for quite as much. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he's another $15 million when it does happen. Yeah. I mean, he reminds me of, like, Isco for under Zidane, right? Where you see the flashes, you see what he can do, but it's some, there's something that's like it's just not quite there. So, again, hopefully, like I said, the trajectory heads keeps heading that way and he becomes that world-class distributor and or you know like that that four that's able to cut in on underneath and just make yeah. things happen you if know, he plays but, like he did today in possession then he's gonna go for a lot of money and it won't be too too long um yeah basically until lafc can come up with a plan to replace him how to us at ix this is another uh rumor that popped up a couple days ago i don't know i don't know how much to read into it but um that would be pretty amazing for LAFC to bring him in on loan and then sign him at the beginning of last year. And then, you know, a year and a half, two years later, sell him to one of the biggest clubs in the world. That'd be spectacular for everybody involved. Um, next one. Uh, the handle is hashtag LAFC, hashtag Raiders, hashtag USC, hashtag athletics at Raiders IG. 
Can you address Bob making the right call in goal, please? In goal, please. Vermeer played well, made the big save, no flubs. He's the guy for the Orlando game. Yeah, I thought I thought Vermeer looked good. I thought one of the things that I noticed is several times when balls were played in behind, he wasn't hesitant to be off his line, uh, and he was he was in right at the edge of the area to to pick those up before a Seattle forward could get on him. I thought he looked overall pretty good. You? Yeah, this was the first game that I felt like he was comfortable directing traffic, right? I remember in the in the first in the Houston game where you know it's like people just seemed to be moving all over the place and not where he would expect them to be. Blessing got faked out by, you know, like a you know got faked out of out of his shoes, jumping in on that one play. Now you know Vermeer's out of position because of those things. You kind of saw all those things kind of settle down, kind of. It, with the exception of some of the weird clearances towards the end of the game, that weird little bit of frantic yeah, spot. Yeah. Um, again, he was where he needed to be most of the time. He looks great with his feet, right? Like he looks just comfortable being able to play the ball from the back. And if your keeper can be that middle of a back three, basically when you're pushed up so high that, you know, just does a lot for your ability to now break down. Josh, you know, are you inventing? So. Po- are you inventing positions? The false one is that what yeah. you're going for? I here? mean, this isn't <laughs> Johan Cruyff, man. So yeah, I mean, like it's it's Allison, it's it's Ederson for Man City. It's that ability to now be you can now space out those your two center backs a little bit wider and then play from those three to each other. Now that when the fullbacks are pushed up, so then you don't have to drop in a fullback from the outside or do one of these different things. Right, you can now right. keep pushing numbers forward with that center back or with your keeper being able to be comfortable passing the ball. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one, Adrian at, I think this handle is at your boy. Palacios looked more comfortable today. Is that his best game yet? Except for he got beat twice to the spot. One was that Seattle score. Uh, I did. I think we mentioned it earlier. He did look much more comfortable. I again go back to some deliberate buildup and the forwards deliberately cutting inside, being more willing to recycle passes. So you don't see the fullbacks caught out of position so frequently because we're not turning the ball over so recklessly as we try and uh, force passes through the back line. I think being a little more patient helps the fullbacks to be able to one make their runs more methodically and kind of read the game a little bit better, and two recover if they need to um because not everything is so friendly you know they're not making a sprint to try and overlap for 50 yards and then immediately turning the ball over and having to run all the way back um yeah i mean it's it's that it's knowing when to play heavy metal football and knowing when to you know play the orchestra yeah right it's really just it like understanding the timing and all those different things today was that moment where they knew they knew exactly when to go, and they knew, they knew when to stay. Yeah. What's he the did song? Get, like, know when yeah. to hold them and when to fold them. Oh, boy. <laughs> Going uh, Kenny Rogers on us. Yes, sir. Um, he the, the second part here, he did get beat on uh, that goal. I don't know how much I put that on him. I'll have to go back uh, and, and look closely, but... To me, there are a couple of runs where the back line is staying controlled and maybe he should, you know, look over his shoulder and notice that there's somebody running in behind him. Again, that's one of those areas where I say, hey, a midfielder needs to be picking up these runners. If we're trying to defend in a line of four, picking up all these crosses, then somebody's got to come mark the man. Um, but I'll, I'll look at that a little bit closer when I rewatch. All right, Josh, you ready for the last one? Let's do it. Um. 
LA Sports Tweets at Sports Tweets LA. I thought our defense looked more composed, particularly Yakovich and Blackman. Palacios had me nervous in the first half, but he looked better the second half. Not playing so high. We kind of already addressed that. I like how he decided to sit back and counter despite not finishing. Uh, anything in that first tweet you want to take a stab at, Josh? I'll let you go first. Um, I do think we look better with Yakovich at center back right now because Blackman is a better right back than Latif Blessing. And I don't think that's controversial. I think we talked with Vince about uh, how we all kind of see him as a center back long term, but when we don't have a steady right back, and I think Andy Nahar, he was out with an adductor strain, right? So mm-hmm. um, we might be seeing this for a while, uh, but I, I think that's what it is. I think that's where the added stability in the back line uh, came in. Yeah, um, I mean, he's also not pushing up the field the whole time, right? Like what sometimes we do see from him where he's overly aggressive from that right side of the midfield. This time it seemed like Cheeky was the one designated to kind of push up a, a fair amount more, you yeah. know, where you saw Blackman kind of hang out towards the, you know, the defensive third a little bit more just to kind of provide that cover, knowing that Jordan Morris is their, is their guy that they're looking to hit the outlet to. Yeah, just what so, I was going to ask. Is it is that a Jordan Morris neutralizer? And I would say, I would say that the answer is yes. Um, so next, next tweet he's got here is, Atuesta really dominated the midfield, controlling the ball and pressuring Sounders players. He's definitely my man of the match. Vermeer had uh, has had first couple great saves. Sorry, I'm trying to fix this this tweet as I read it. I guess not playing against the Timbers made him get his bleep together. Family show. Sorry, LAFC Sports Suites. Uh, there had to be more shows, but I'll or there had to be more goals, but I'll take the four one. I, I do I do agree that I think the I think Vermeer riding the pine a little bit probably helped to to light a better fire underneath him. Uh, Tuesta being man of the match, uh, he looked great today. Lots of interventions, uh, great on the ball. I think you mentioned it. The ball stuck to his feet the entire game. Really difficult to dispossess. Um, all in all, I, I I really do think that the that the team played really well and that those guys had a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's interesting to see just their development and these different types of things over the course of these last few years, and obviously heading into this next or into the rest of the year and into the future, it'll also be sad to see them go. But you know, again, the I you kind of have to have trust in trust in the system that's set in place and what they have cooking. Yeah, I mean. Reason would tell you that if LAFC was able to go out and find all these guys who uh, fit the system and bring them in and integrate them into the system, that they'll be able to do it again. And I don't see any reason to believe that that's going to stop. When you look at the quality of midfielders that we brought in to eventually replace Atuesta and and Kay and and potentially Blessing when they're sold, um, I think they've got the right guys in place. So um, I'm not, I'm not worried about the long-term ramifications of selling these guys. Cause uh, it's only going to make the, the pathway all that more clear uh, for players that are going to come join the team and give us more money to spend in doing it. So anything else, Josh? Oh, I think that's it. I'll save it for when we have a little bit more time to go look, look at this, go back and look at this game and kind of just soak it in and enjoy the misery of the Pacific Northwest. 
Absolutely. All right, so we'll be back in a few days to uh, give our in-depth analysis. If you have any questions uh, or or request that we you know look at a certain play or a set piece or whatever, please let us know. Just tweet at the show at counterpress underscore. Uh, you can tweet at me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. Last thing, if you didn't listen to our one-year anniversary episode from yesterday with Vince, uh, please go back and listen to the interview. Uh, the Timbers analysis probably isn't uh, all that uh, important anymore, but the interview with Vince is 38 straight minutes of fire. That man absolutely brought it yesterday. So go back and give that one a listen to, and we will talk to you in a few days. Thanks.